Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Triple Threat Podcast is live and in color. Welcome to the Triple Threat Podcast. Today I am DJ Shockley joining me as well as my man, Scotty D. We got a lot to talk about today. Lots been going on in the world, not just in the sports world, but in the entire world. Uh, But we're looking forward to chopping it up with you. We appreciate everybody joining us every single week and everybody who comes back and checks us out. Uh, Pretty cool story. Uh, Pretty cool guest we have today. My man, Quinn Ojanaka, better known as Moose. Uh, played in the National Football League, went to Syracuse, now is a professional wrestler. Uh, we're going to talk to him about a bunch of different things. He played with Bill Belichick. What he said about Bill Belichick, I think is going to be very interesting, and people get somebody that uh, love to hear that, but also the world, the character he is, that is Moose. Uh, but before we do all that, Scotty D, talk to the people. What's cracking? What's up, what's up, what's up? Everything cool, going, brother. Yeah, Everything good. Everything low. was good, man. What's yeah, hot? I'm going low today. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah. No, I'm excited, man. We got some. I'm, what, I'm excited. What does that mean? You're going low. What that mean? I'm just going low. Oh, you're trying to go Barry White deep? Yeah. Dope voice? Oh, okay. yeah. Um, hey, maybe the women like that. I don't know. But dudes ain't going to like you trying to sound sexy in their hands. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, uh, I'm excited to hear from Moose Ojanaka. Yeah, That's man. what I'm excited to hear from. That's my dude, man. We got drafted to the Falcons at the same time. Uh, shared, you know, four or five years with the Falcons, and he went on to play for a couple different other teams, but uh, still a good friend to this day. Uh, so we're going to pick his brain about a lot of couple things, a bunch of things uh, that's going on in his life. Uh, so it's worth uh, sticking on and staying with us to catch my man Moose coming up here in just a little bit. Let's jump around, and obviously the biggest news of the week has been Tiger Woods. The accident that he was in, uh, headed to a shoot uh, at a golf course early in the morning. Uh, And to say it was a shock to the world is an understatement. Uh, I think people who don't even love golf uh, is a fan of Tiger Woods. Or people who are not a fan of Tiger Woods still are interested with Tiger Woods. So uh, one of the biggest stars in the sports world uh, was in a really severe accident. Truck flipped over a few times. Uh, in California, and he ends up, uh, Tiger has to have a rod in his fibula. He has a couple of screws and pins that are going to his ankle and his foot. Uh, all reports that he is very lucky to be alive, but yeah. uh, prayers go out to Tiger and his family. Scotty D, you first heard about the incident. What was your first initial reaction to hearing Tiger in a very serious accident? I had two thoughts simultaneously. One is, because uh, the first report I said was that he was going into surgery. Yeah. So the fact, and it was on his legs. So from the first thing I read, he was alive. That was good to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I hate to say it, but with his history, the, the second thing that popped into my head was they said that the, the wreck was, early, you know, was in the morning. Yeah, Scotty, and, keep it a buck, man. Don't, yeah. don't sugarcoat it. Keep it a buck. I, yeah. I, I was just concerned. <laughs> I was concerned for the guy that, you know, what, how, what does in the morning mean? That that's, that sometimes, man, that's code for three in the morning or no two doubt. in the morning. No doubt. And, and the first thing you think about is where yeah. is he coming from? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So glad to hear, you know, that, 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 that it doesn't seem like uh, there was any 
um, impaired driving. That's what the sheriff's office said. They didn't even test him. They didn't have any reason to think that. Right, so that's, right. I'm, I'm glad that he's alive and I'm glad that he's, it doesn't seem like that's a problem. Yeah. Uh, he was on his way to, uh, play golf with Drew Brees and Justin Herbert and wow. been shooting. Yeah. It's pretty, it sounded when I wow. heard about what he was doing, it sounds pretty interesting. He's giving golf tips to other, you know, to, I guess other athletes or celebrities. Yeah, because I saw uh, Dwayne Wade the day mm -hmm. before yeah. had an Instagram post where he's out there with Tiger. Yeah. So yeah, to, to it's go. A thing. Yeah, it's a if thing. You're Justin Herbert, or, if you're Justin Herbert and you've never seen or played with Tiger, I mean, that's a gut punch. That's a disappointment. First off, you're like, I hope he's okay. But right. then the second part is, dang, I could have played with Tiger. I may not I ever get a chance yeah. to walk 18 or play a golf with Tiger Woods ever again. Right. And that's kind of how I would be thinking. You know, I'd be like, okay, is he okay? He's good. He's out of surgery. He's hey, great. But I ain't that, gonna get to play with Tiger. That, hey, that's not. Don't you're not selfish, man. That's that's an yeah. understandable thought to have. But uh, glad he's okay. It looked like a horrible accident. And uh, yeah, man. You know, I think a lot of the residents say that 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 area is a uh, is a problem. There's a lot of accidents in the area. So yeah, um, so praying, praying he recovers well. Gene Ward Jahowski, uh obviously worked for the ESPN. Was doing. Uh, a hit from the spot where he was. And Gene talked about how he actually got in his car and drove the route that Tiger went on a couple times. And he said when he drove the route, before he knew it, and didn't even, he was consciously trying not to, but he said he was going 60 miles an hour when it was a 45-mile-per-hour zone. He was going 60 and didn't even realize it. So imagine early in the morning, maybe you're, you're late, you're trying yeah. to get there on time, and you're rushing um from the reports there were no skid marks like there was nothing he tried to put on brakes he didn't uh went over two mediums is that right scott he went over two mediums yeah. went through uh on the other side of another two-lane highway and mr light pole mr tree so he is absolutely grateful and mm -hmm. thankful that he wasn't hurt even more serious than he is yeah yeah the, the even the um I almost said the arresting officer the first officer on the scene he said that, you know, because the reporters are trying to get it out of him. They're trying to, you know, was he drunk? Was he on, yeah. you know, what they're yeah. trying so hard. Yeah. Um, but he said, I've, I've, I've given people tickets on this road doing 80. And, wow. and, and people talk about how, how easy it is to get going too fast. So, yeah, yeah we're glad, glad that uh, he's okay. Is this, is this, okay. is this good PR for Genesis or is this bad PR <laughs> for Genesis? Because they said Ooh. the inside was totally fine. Tiger had on his seatbelt. They had uh, the airbags came out near their legs. I mean, all this kind of stuff. Uh, but is this good PR or bad PR that he was in this new 2021 Genesis? Um, I would say, if anything, it's it's fine PR. I haven't. <laughs> I, there's not one moment until you just said that have I thought about was it is it a crappy car? You know, or yeah, or, yeah, but yeah. It sounds like it was a safe enough car. Yeah, yeah. So hey, man, prayers up to Tiger, man. Uh, obviously, he is one of the heroes for a lot of people. Um, obviously, you can see all the uh, different guys that are around the different leagues showing their support. Um, obviously, the guys that he played with on tour, Justin Thomas, the guy who he's really close with. He was emotional talking about Tiger. You saw Steph Curry talking about him. Saw a lot of people on Twitter, uh, obviously, giving their uh, prayers and hopes to Tiger. So we all wish Tiger to get better. Uh, obviously, golf is something that is on the back burner, and everybody's looking forward to him getting back. But obviously, that is the least of his worries. It's going to be at least, they said, 8 to 12 months of recovery. Uh, and it sounds like, you know, right now, just hoping that he is safe enough to be able to 
carry on with this young kids that we obviously have seen in the limelight the last you know year or so. So mm-hmm. big ups, Tiger man, get well, bro. We hope um, you come through this on the right side for sure. Jumping over to the National Football League, where there always seems like there is something going on, Scotty D. Uh, obviously, the big one of the biggest stories is Big Ben and this saga of his forty-one million dollar cap, and obviously they had to re- they got to restructure it for it to be good to to get him on the team. Uh, Steelers owner Art Rooney said they want him back, but of course the contract situation has to be dealt with. When it's all said and done, Scotty D, is Big Ben the quarterback and starter week one for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2021? I say yes. Okay. Um, I mean, first of all, I don't expect Art Rooney to say anything different. First of all, he's he's the whole fan that whole family's been class act for you know however many years they've been involved in the NFL. So I would expect him to say the right thing, and, and he probably and I think he probably means it. Um, They've got to have a plan going forward, though, because based on what I saw in in 2020, um, Big Ben, I don't think he's got a lot left in the tank, man. I mean, their whole offense was was um, underneath and and predictable at the end of the season. I think it showed. Yeah. Yeah. So unfortunately for uh, Big Ben, he's going to lose a little money, but we'll see at the end of the day if he has a chance to still be the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers going forward. Uh, but obviously that contract has to be talked about a lot. Um, coach wide receiver, Michael Pittman Jr. As we know, Carson Wentz was traded to the Indianapolis Colts and they have a receiver on their team by the name of Michael Pittman Jr. Who wears the number 11? Well, Carson Wentz reached out to our man, Michael Pittman Jr. Says, bro, how are you with the number 11? He said, bro, 11 is me. And Carson Wentz basically said, okay, well, I was going to look for a fresh start anyway. Do you buy that, Scotty? Do you buy that he said he wanted to get a fresh start? Or was it because Michael Pittman Jr. straight punked him and said, nah, bro, you ain't getting the left? No, man. He, he wouldn't have asked if he didn't want the number, you know? I think it's, yeah. it's, a, nice, uh, it's a nice fallback. But uh, no, man, I, 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 give, I like Michael Pittman Jr. with, with the balls. as a, He's a rookie, man. He just hey, bro, finished his rookie me. year. He's a good rookie year, but he uh, could have taxed Carson too, though. Cause he could have taxed him because he know Carson making a hundred milli that he could have said, Hey, look, you can yeah. get him, but let him gonna cost you. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good point. Oh man. So uh Carson Wentz looked for him to have a new number in uh the Indianapolis coach uniform. Actually, he wore that number 11 all the way since his days in North Dakota State and obviously with the Eagles. So he will have a new look with the Indianapolis coach. We talked about that deal. Uh, last week, obviously, with all this stuff going on with him. Uh, Hall of Fame class, headliners, Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, Megatron, three guys that are pretty much in our era, uh, Scotty D, that we know about that uh, obviously did some good things. Obviously, that, that class is tremendous with a number of different guys in it. But those three, I think, headline the, mm-hmm. the, the, the freaking class. What do you think of that class that's going to be going in? It's a strong class. And, and I mean – Five, I, I, we first heard about it five years ago when they all retired at the same time. You know, it was it was their money. Uh, Peyton's one of the best to ever do it. Charles Woodson's one of the best to ever do it. Calvin Johnson's one of the best that ever did it. You know, so uh, I think we knew it was all going to happen. It's a heck of a class. I mean, there's others too. Drew Pearson, Tom Flores, John Lynch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, solid, solid class. I so, mean, but uh, think about this. Megatron left early. Mm-hmm. He left the game early. 
Yeah. It was still a Hall of Famer, and this dude could have played another five, six, seven years if he mm-hmm. wanted to. And he left the game early, but he's still a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, don't usually give a lot of credit to these Yellow Jackets, but Megatron was a dude that I would have loved mm-hmm. to throw to at my yeah. time. Uh, but uh, shout out to all those guys, a part of that Hall of Fame class. Uh, speaking of uh, guys that they have some things to figure out, Isaiah Wilson, first round pick last year for the Tennessee Titans, mm-hmm. said he was done with football. Uh, the Tennessee Titans said he has to make a decision. Is football something he wants in his life? Uh, unfortunate situation. Didn't play a lot last year. Obviously had some issues. Uh, got suspended from the team uh, for, you know, team rules. He uh, obviously missed, got hurt a little bit. So he did not have a good rookie season for the Tennessee Titans. I hope he's not done. This is a big athletic kid who the Titans got back in the first round to go get. I hope whatever is happening in his personal life that he finds a way to just get it back on track because you yeah. hate to see young guys go down that track and only not really fulfill their destiny, which is what I think he is. He's playing the National Football League with that size and that mm-hmm. kind of ability. Uh, do you think this Isaiah Wilson will play for the Tennessee Titans this season? I, I would I would think so. Uh, whether it's with the Titans, I don't know. I, I, um, th- this is the thing that for um, – regular guy like me I can't fathom being in his position and not caring enough about it you know right but I do understand that I don't understand you know I, yeah. I get it that I and I I respect people that that I want to respect people that that their life is their love is not in it we're actually going to hear a little bit about that later uh with with uh, our guest but um it, it's I, I hope first of all I hope he does whatever he, he's happy doing for sure. Um, whichever it is. So it, it's up to him, I guess. He can quit. Um, but I, I, this is what I think will probably happen. He'll probably realize how much money he's leaving on the table. And even if he doesn't want to have a long career, he might want to p- pack up some bags before he leaves and uh, maybe maybe get traded out of there and, and get a new start somewhere else. Yeah, man. I'm all, I'm all for guys trying to resurrect and do the right thing and bring their careers back around. And even if it's in your first year, your fifth or 10th year, whatever it may be, if you're going through some stuff, man, find a way to get some help. Hopefully he finds that and he finds a way to get his career back going. Uh, so shout out to Isaiah Wilson trying to, you know, rectify that situation. Hopefully he gets it going and on the right track. Big news here in ATL. Obviously the all-star game is coming to Atlanta. Uh, the mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms, told everybody, listen, this is not the time to come here to party. This should be a TV event only. Uh, we've heard stars like LeBron say, hey, I'll be there physically, but not mentally. Uh, obviously, this is a situation that it's a different year. It's obviously a different year, and the players are not really excited about being in the All-Star game. Uh, what do you think about the All-Star game, bro, being here in Atlanta, and you think that uh, it's going to take away from some of the – the Lord vigor that some of the players don't even really want to be in it. Yeah. For, for those that don't know why it's even in Atlanta when it wasn't supposed to be, it's because it's going to be on TNT. Mm. TNT is based here. The league felt it'd be better to hit, fly a handful of players in than to fly 300 crew to Indianapolis to work, you know, to work the game there. Now, all that being said, nobody's excited about this. This is, this is clearly a TNT slash NBA thing that they're they're cramming in just to just to fulfill um contracts tv contract uh i don't think they need to be doing it pro pro bowl was canceled baseball star game was canceled last year yeah. um there, there's there, there's no reason for it nobody wants to do it nobody wants to be there 
and they're basically being they're basically being obligated i heard um the uh owner of the hawks talking um because they were they were obviously uh key to the game being moved here uh and he he was asked point blank do you see players opting out and he he said no now i believe the reason i believe the reason that they wouldn't opt out is because it's it's in the cba mm. um so uh it's it's I think it's a, I think it's a waste of energy. It's, it's, you know, it's not going to be, I mean, they're going to be there and they're going to play and it'll be fun. I yeah. don't, gen- I don't generally like the NBA all-star game anyway. So um, they don't really play to the end. No, I know they've I tried mean, to make it incentive yeah. for them to play and all that kind of stuff. So we'll see if they find a way to make it fun and their competitors they I think they'll get going once they actually start playing. And it's just sad that a guy like Trey Young is not in the all-star or not even a starter, not you know all that kind of stuff because of what he's done so far. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there are a bunch of snubs who probably would have had a chance to play an All Star game and probably should have. Uh, but we know it's always a, a popularity thing, as is mm-hmm. the Pro Bowl, the All Stars, all that kind of stuff. So uh, every year we have to you know wonder about certain guys not making it. Was there any guys that you thought should have been in the All Star game that wasn't? So I looked into it uh, because obviously we hear about Trey getting snubbed here, but Devin Booker is another big snub out West. He's had a great season. It's tough um, to make it into West. West is crazy. Well, this is the thing. Who, who my, my question became, who, who do you, who do you take out? Who, who, yeah. who should have been snubbed that wasn't snubbed, you know? Yeah. And that to me is when you get to it, it it's just not going to be, uh, I mean, I look at these, at these reserves and, Nobody on the team doesn't deserve to be there. <laughs> right, you're right. You know, and so, that's the tough so, part. You look at it, you're like, yeah, that dude should be there. Yeah, that dude's good. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, can see that. Right. You know, so it's, it's tough. Because you take one of those guys out, you're like, well, now he becomes a snub, you know. Right. So exactly. it's tough when you're talking snubs. There's going to be that every single year, guys mm-hmm. who are absolutely worthy of playing in the All-Star game. So we'll see uh, how that all pans out. And if it turns out to be – a really good event. I'm sure it will be. Guys will play hard and all that kind of stuff. Nobody, those guys at that level don't want to lose. So yeah. we'll see. All right, man. We've got my man Quinn Ojanaka coming up next. He's coming up in about a couple minutes. I got one question to ask Scotty D before. We got my man Quinn. Come on. This week, my wife made something that I thought was really delicious. She tried it for the first time. She made it. And for some reason, it came out great the first time. And I am a huge fan of it. Peace cobbler. What's something your wife makes? dessert wise if she does make desserts that you love scotty D. desserts Ugh. um see i'm not a big dessert guy what does she make see that's the thing i ain't a big makes. dessert guy either i don't like cakes i don't like all that kind of stuff but this peach cobbler was bang i will i will pull an audible on you and i will okay. say my daughter made cake pops this week oh cake pops yeah they're like Little what is cake, a cake little, little cake balls on a stick? Oh, all right. So you pick, you hold the stick and you eat your cake. It's got, uh, so it was okay. covered. It was chocolate cake, chocolate frosting, and some sprinkles mm. on it. And I, mm. I, I told her, she, 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 we had an argument about the fact that I don't really eat that stuff. And she, and I ate one. She doesn't know, but <laughs> it was really we'll good. We'll see if she listens to the podcast. She does. Yeah. Then we'll have some issues. I don't know. If I she's like interested. That. Cake pops, man. Cake pops over at the Davidson household, man. All right, we got my man Moose coming up next. Seven-year NFL vet now is into the pro wrestling world. Moose, Quinn Ojanaka joins the Triple Threat Podcast coming up next.
back to the Triple Threat Podcast, and I told you I had a good friend of mine, a dude who obviously I played some ball with, uh, but uh, we were roommates. I mean, we, we got a lot of things in common. Uh, we yeah. show my dude, Quinn Ojanaka, better known to the world now as Moose. Uh, Q, what up, man? Been a minute since I highlight you, man. It was good. Uh, I'm good, man. Just working, trying to get better every day, you know. I hear you, man. I hear you, man. Obviously, we got a lot to talk about with all the stuff you got going on now. You know, took off in the wrestling world, man, and uh, that boy got big boy fans and everything. He got people that that that, that hang on to his every word on Twitter and Instagram, everything. So uh, we're gonna get to some of that in a little bit. Uh, but obviously, I had to go back to how you got to this point because you just didn't wake up and all of a sudden you were a, a, a folk hero in the wrestling world. It started. Way back in Maryland. My dude's born back in Maryland, went to DeMatha Catholic High School. Uh, talk about kind of your upbringing, man. Uh, did you always uh, have a love for football? And people who don't know, Quinn played at Syracuse, played, got drafted by the Falcons, played for the Patriots, played for a couple other teams, and now is in the world of wrestling. Uh, but I want to take him back to high school and his upbringings. What was that like for you growing up, bro? Uh, was it always football? Was it always other things you were interested in? No, uh, you probably don't know this. Like, I wasn't always the biggest football fan. Like, <laughs> so in high school, I didn't watch football. Like, I knew I didn't know much about football. It was just one of those things I was good at, you know. Yeah. Like, my, my mom took me to a camp. And just being a big boy and strong, I, like, did good. Just pop, powering <laughs> over people my age and my – like, not my size, but my age, you know. And, um um then the school that I went to the math um high was like hey man if you if you come here we'll pay for half your tuition or whatever so my mom <laughs> and the math is a, is a is a well-known school in the PG yeah. area so my mom yeah. couldn't turn that down so it was just one of those agreements that I was going to go there play football and, and and this is a guy who didn't really know about football you know like but as a kid, and you know this from us playing with each other, like I was a big wrestling guy. Like, yeah, no doubt. Uh, I, I, I think we even went to a couple of shows together, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Like, yeah, yeah was, we did. Yeah, yeah. yeah when, when it was in town, but I was always a huge wrestling fan. But it's like this football was just one of those things where, like, I was good at, and I had like I met met great people like yourself and other friends that we have. Yeah. Um, but it's just one of those things where, like. You're good at something, but you're fully not passionate about it. Yeah, you're just good at it. And then, like right. in college, like it was college was the only time I thought football was really fun. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. you're playing with a bunch of guys your age, and you get the party, you get the to go to the <laughs> bars, and you know how that like, <laughs> life is in college. Yeah. But um, and then like who knew I was going to get drafted? I never planned to get drafted. It was just one of those things where agents calling you left and right and yeah, hey yeah. we think you'll go this number in the draft and we think you go this number to draft and we'll yeah. I'm like are you serious like yeah. draft it and then one of those things before, Q, before you get into the league because obviously that's a whole nother story in his own right you talk about not being you know too big but you were big in high school how big were you bro in high school in high school, um, I was six five, maybe. I wasn't really big. I was I was kind of like the same the, the same size I am now, but it was it it looked different. 
I was six five, about two sixty five, two seventy in high school. How, how yeah. is that not big? What world are you living in? Was six five, two sixty in high school? Ain't yeah. big. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that's that's big, but compared to the league in college, that's nothing. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, but you so in high like, school, bro. You in high school. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now that you put it that way, as a high school student, yeah, I I, I was big. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I was no big. doubt. No doubt. Yeah, no but doubt. then um, then we got. I mean, you know, I got bigger when we got in the NFL. I gained like thirty pounds. I I I came in at like yeah two ninety five, three hundred. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, so just one of those. Just to give people a little uh, background on how me and Q know each other, we got drafted to the Falcons the same year. Uh, we had guys like Jimmy Williams and Adam Jennings and Jerry yeah. Norwood uh, yeah. in our class. I know a lot of Falcons fans are, or remember all those guys. Uh, but you end up in high school helping your team. Your senior year go 11 and 0, and uh, you was the all Prince George County offensive lineman, and you guys won a state championship. What was that like in high school, being able to say, "Hey, I'm a state champion in high school"? Um, it, it was it was cool. I, I didn't really understand much, you know. what I'm saying like I, going back because I wasn't a real big fan of football. But like I remember that day when we won it, and like we had teammates crying, and like and in my head I was like, we just won a game. What y'all crying about? Like you know what I'm saying? But hey, that big deal. And like like how big of a deal it was. You know what I'm saying? Until right. now, when I look back in my career, I'm like, you know what? Like, I could see guys who really love football. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like how how that could be huge. Kind of like me now. If I win a if I win a world title in wrestling, to me, that's like a big, huge accomplishment because this is something that I grew up watching and I grew up idolizing guys like Stone Cold Steve Austin, The yeah. Rock, who, yeah. who lived that lifestyle. So if I get the win one, like you know what I'm saying? Oh, when I won my first one, I was like. Oh man, this is huge! Like you know what I'm saying. But yeah. then, back then, as a kid, not being a huge fan of football, it was just like, oh, we won the game, like cool, state right. champion. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. And then, oh, we got drafted. I mean, we had a great rookie class. I feel like we were one of the rookie class that actually stuck with each other. Like we all no chilled. Doubt. We all chilled with each other. We all we all hung. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, um, and that's the experience. Like, I enjoy more of the experience that we had chilling in your place or chilling in my place because <laughs> we were next-door neighbors when we first moved, when we yeah. first got to Atlanta. You live literally next door yeah. in El Palma. We had next to me, and we used to hang out all the time. And I, like, those times, like, did it more for me than the actual playing in the games. Like, right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? And, like, right. So things were, like, in time for me to hang the shoes at the cleats up, you know what I'm saying? I was like, you know what? I'm a I'm a finally go chase what I've been dreaming to do for since I was a kid, which was being the Man, wrestler. That's pretty you know? cool. I, obviously we got to get into that because obviously it's a big part of your life and what you do now. Q obviously football is a big part of who you are and uh made you into you know the guy you are now in the wrestling world and all that. But how did you end up at Syracuse. How was that the place? Because I know you were recruited by people. You were big, strong, athletic dude. But how did you end up going to Syracuse to be one of those orange dudes, huh? Because uh, uh, I had a mentor a guy that I really looked up to. Uh, his name was Bryce Bevel. And he was mm -hmm. a, a DB coach at the Mather. 
And it was just when he went to Syracuse and he had a great career in Syracuse. So I I, always, I just wanted to be like him. So I had offers and visits from a bunch of schools like Florida State. Um, I think Georgia even offered me a deal. So open place if I went to Georgia, I would have blocked uh, you. No doubt, uh, no doubt. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I had I had but I just wanted to be like Bryce Bevel. So I was like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go the track that Bryce Bevel went. So that's what that was really only the reason why I went to Syracuse. Like I committed to him before I even went on a visit. Okay, nice. then they yeah. see it, but hey, you knew that was the place you wanted to be. Ain't nothing wrong with that. You played. Yeah. 44 games there, started uh, 11 your senior year, and then you get an opportunity now, like you mentioned. You got agents, you got all these people uh, saying, hey, Quinn, you can go here in this round, you can go in that round, you're going to make a lot of money. Um, what was it like being drafted, first off, and where did you think you were going to go? Because we've had guys on here who say, oh, I talked to this team, I just knew I was going there, and they ain't going nowhere near there. Did you have any yeah. inkling that uh, Jim Mora was going to come draft you with the Falcons? No, like the two, I remember talking to my agent and I was supposed to go from between the third and the fifth, uh -huh. but he didn't know. He was like between the third and the fifth round, you know what I'm saying? And you, we know we, we go to the combine and the teams that I talked to that was telling me they were interested was the Titans, the Broncos, um, and if I'm not mistaken, the Titans, the Broncos, the Cowboys, and there was one more team, the Jets. Those were the mm. teams I had meetings with. And those mm. were the teams that came to the pro day and was asking me questions. So my agent was, like, telling me, well, I think you're going to go to the, either the Jets or – because the Jets that year had, like, they were rebuilding their, their offensive linemen. If I'm not mistaken, old boy from Virginia went, like, the first three picks, and he was a left tackle. Yeah, Brickershaw, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and my, my whole mind, I was like, man, I think I'm, I might be going – to the Jets, the way that they've been calling me and all this and <laughs> asking for my info. And then the draft day, um, at the, after the first, I think that year the draft was in two nights, not three. Yeah. It was two nights. It was the first three rounds was the first night and yeah. the last four rounds was the second night. Right. And I remember after the second round, the Cowboys hit me up and told me that we have a and I thought I was getting drafted by the Cowboys in the second <laughs> round. They, they hit me up and I was like, this is so-and-so from the Cowboys. Uh, we just want to let you know we got a good eye on you. And if everything work out, we'll be we're going to take you. Just, you know what I'm saying? Stay by the phone, blah, 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 blah. <sighs> so in my mind, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I might be going to go around <laughs> to the Cowboys. I'm thinking it's like, to change, to change. Because you know that the higher you get drafted, the more more of a um down payment you get. You know what I'm no saying? Doubt, no doubt, no doubt, yeah. no doubt. That boy think about no that bread again. <laughs> no idea that I was going to be called by the Falcons. No idea at all. Oh man! So what was it like when you finally got that call? Jim Moore, Arthur Blank, everybody call you up, say, "Hey, we're going to draft you here in the fifth round, uh, one thirty nine overall." What was that feeling like for you and your family? Oh, I, I think my mom made a big – he was more excited than I was. In my yeah. mind, I was like, man, there's a great feeling. Like, I, I'm I'm rich, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's the first thing I heard. The chain, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I remember calling my agent, and I was like, what's, what's the signing bonus going in the fifth round? And he was like, oh, it's about 300000 250000 And I was like, are you fucking serious? Like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm rich. I'm very good. You know, uh, a, a boy coming from from nothing, having nothing to 
They go give you three hundred just off the rip. Yeah, just off the rip. That's like a life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So in my mind, it was like to change. And I hate to say it, I, like I wish I had the mindset and the dedication towards wrestling that I had towards football. Right. Because I feel like I would have been a bigger deal in football. I would have been a way better player. Right. But I right, just right. didn't have that passion for it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I hear you because you. It, and that's it's, crazy because I played seven years. Right. And that's I played what I'm saying. seven like, years it's, for it's, something I have no passion for. Yeah, man. It's 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 crazy. Uh, you still there? Okay. Yeah. So it, it, it's crazy. Like you say, you played seven years and from a guy who actually didn't love it, and you hear about dudes say, oh, all I want to do is go to the NFL my whole life. It really wasn't. The goal or dream of yours, but you you played seven years. I remember our rookie year, you end up starting the game with oh, you end up playing a little bit more when Wayne Gandy got hurt. Wayne was a big time veteran yeah. team. Uh, you played, you got seven starts in your second year. Um, fourth year, I remember you played guard and tackle. He was a versatile okay. dude. Uh, what was the feeling like when you first got into the league and you had to block some of these defensive linemen uh that you probably watched over the years, but now they in front of you and you got a block. What, what what was that like? Oh, nerve wracking, man. Like it was, <laughs> was nerve wracking. Like going into the game knowing that you gotta go block the white Franey. <laughs> <laughs> like you're like it's nerve wracking. And people don't understand, like and I feel like the reason why it was nerve wracking because I looked at it as a job and not as something I love to do. You know what right, I'm saying? Right, like right, I, yeah. and, and I, I talked to my wife about it all the time. I was like, man, like imagine if I went to a game excited about playing and not nervous mm-hmm. and not scared that I was going to get killed. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a difference. Yeah. Right now, like wrestling, when I have a big matchup, I can't wait to get to the ring to, like, to, to do it. That I'm excited, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like, oh, man, I get to do this. Like, I guess I guess the wrestle a 30-minute main event match, like, I'm excited, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, what if I had that same mindset going into a game, like, Cause my mindset going to a game is way different. Was like, fuck. I hope I don't fuck shit up. I hope I don't miss. <laughs> it's one aspect where you're excited, and yeah. the other aspect is like you're scared. Yeah, you know yeah, I know. I feel you. I remember that. I remember that because they put so much pressure on you. And shoot, you, you got to make sure you see that 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 outside blitzer coming. You got to make sure you know you you get up on that line, bastard. So right. I, I, and, I and, and, and me and my boys talk about like why do you think like some of especially the quarterbacks like some of these guys who come in don't end up doing as good as they do is because I tell them it's not it's not that they don't have it physically yeah. it's like it's more the mental thing it's like look look at look at a guy like Tom Brady we know why Tom Brady is always successful because he goes into the game excited about playing it opportunities he's gonna throw a touchdown and like yeah. and then some of these guys like Sam Donald probably shit in his pants the night before <laughs> game. You know what I'm saying? more of a mental thing and which I did then it's gonna show and you're probably not gonna live up to the name or you the experts want you to do because it's all mental, you know. Yeah, I, I feel you on that. Definitely, that, at least that's my take on it. No, I feel you. The mental side of it is just as big, and I think that's why the dudes who played for freaking yeah. fifteen years they got to love it for one, and then mentally they 
So uh, you move on, man. Obviously, you, you, you get a chance to play for, for, for Bill Belichick. Uh, for people who uh, watch Bill Belichick from the outside looking in, what was he like as a coach? Because you went and played for the Patriots. What was that like playing for him? Um, Bill Belichick was um, off the field. He was a great dude. Like, And that's the thing. Like, um, Bill Belichick, I feel like, is a wrestling character. Like. <laughs> A the wrestling build, character? Uh, and like, yeah, he's a wrestling character where when the lights turn on and the cameras are on, he acts ex- totally different than who he actually is when the camera's not uh, in his face. So he's a uh, great, lovable, you could chat with him, cool guy when the camera's not on. But as soon as the camera turn on, he turns into Bill Belichick. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? An asshole yeah. and don't answer questions. <laughs> He's a wrestling character. That's what. That's all he is. Like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's a good analogy, man. That's the first time I heard somebody kind of explain Bill Belichick in that way. Uh, yeah. But it's cool to know, you know, obviously you were around to play for him, so you know what that kind of guy, that character is like. So, uh, yeah. it's pretty cool, man. Let's move on to uh, the part of the uh, the world you're in now, which is wrestling. Um, I was looking up some stuff, and I saw. Uh, you were a two-time Impact Grand Champion. You currently hold the TNA World Heavyweight Championship in your first reign. Uh, you work for Ring of Honor, Revolution Pro Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Pro Wrestling. No, I mean, you, you, you've you had success in it. You've been good with it. you got a pretty cool following. Um, I've been watching it for the last couple of years. And uh, as you know, I was talking to you. You know Adam Jennings, a guy who we play with really well, and we were talking about you probably about a month or two ago. And uh, he's like, yeah, that man, that man Quinn, he out there killing it in wrestling right now. He out there killing it. Man, talk about the evolution of how you became into what people know now is Moose, the wrestler, man. How did all that transformation come about? I mean, it's, it's something that I knew I always wanted to do. I just didn't know when to get into it and honestly being honest i wish i would have left football earlier to get into wrestling you know what really? i'm saying yeah uh 100 i wish i would have left after the, my time with the falcons was done i wish i would have cut those three years apart and just go straight to wrestling oh wow. um because okay. i i think i i think that would have definitely helped my and nothing's wrong with my career now i like the pace and the, the roads and the journey I've taken. I just wish I would have got into it earlier, like when I was 26, 27, compared to when I was 30, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 30, yeah. yeah. so it's just one of those things where, but I mean, it's like, I, I love my job. Like, this is, this is what I, this is who I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm mm. supposed to do. Yeah. And one thing that football definitely helped me out with this transformation is the discipline that football teaches you is mm. like and there's a lot of things that people don't realize you that for, being in the nfl and college teaches you a lot of discipline because mm-hmm. you have to wake up and do this and you have to be in the weight room by this time and you have to be in the meeting room by this time right. and if you don't get in the meeting room by this time you get fined and in college you got to do like conditioning like yeah. for punishment so it, it teaches you that discipline and i took that same discipline to wrestling where Especially this, this last year when I've been key on my diet and I like I actually measure my food. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I wake up every morning at six thirty to do faster cardio and like so. It's like I'm I'm using the discipline that I learned in football with wrestling right now. Man, that's pretty cool. 
tell me what fasted cardio is about. Cause I hear people talking about it all the time. And uh, at the end, I'm gonna let people, I'm gonna let you tell people where they can find you. Cause uh, I saw a picture you put up probably, I don't know, a couple weeks back or so. And you can see the transformation of your body from where you at now to where it was. And, you know, just dudes ripped now, my dude is just ripped now. What, what's that diet consist of and what's the fasted cardio about? Um, faster cardio is a way that um, is, you do it. Obviously, it's called faster because you do it as soon as you wake up. No food in your stomach. And that's a chance to burn the most amount of fat. Okay. Like, um, from what I know, I'm not a, I'm not a, a nutritionist. nutritionist <laughs> at the end of the day, I just do what my trainer tells me to do. And that's part of the regimen is waking up doing 25, 30 minutes of faster cardio. And the thing about the cardio, it ain't like what we used to do with football with conditioning. Yeah. It's just like a steady, like a walk on a treadmill with the speed on two or three for 30 minutes. It's not nothing crazy that you'll be huffing and puffing when you're done. Oh, man, really? like, sometimes when I do it, my, my heart rate don't even go past 115, which is nothing. Damn. It's just a it's just a, a steady a steady trek on a on a elliptical or like a steady walk on a treadmill. And you can see with a little high you can see the change just from doing that. Yeah, I can. Yeah, you can, you can see, like whoever knew that I would have a eight pack. Like <laughs> I have an eight pack. Like who, whoever had known that this three hundred and fifteen pound offensive lineman would right five six years later would have a six eight, eight pack. You know what I'm saying? Man, so cool. yeah, um, the diet is definitely key. Like I measure my food. Uh, I measure how much protein I'm taking in, how much carbs I'm taking in. Mm -hmm. uh, how much fat I'm taking in. I, I, it was like, it's a science, man. And I'm, I'm just glad that I, I put the right people in my life to help me out with this. That's pretty cool, man. Uh, obviously, your, your health and being physically fit is a part of being a, a major uh, wrestler. But uh, let people know how you got the name Moose. Because I know a lot of people uh, would love to hear how that name came about. Uh, I see when you come out, everybody's doing the Moose. Moose, I'm like, and everybody's into it and all that kind of stuff. How'd you come up with the nickname Moose? How'd they come about? First of all, everybody, you know how that name came. I got that name. I know. Uh, I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. trying to tell you, let the people know. Well, we got, before we got drafted to the Falcons, there was a lineman there and his name was Moose. And yeah. when I came in, uh, Michael Vick, for some reason, thought I looked like this guy. And that's how I got the name Moose. That he was like, "Oh, he look like Moose." And Ron Madlin was like, "Oh yeah, he does look like Moose." Oh yeah, little red, little Ron, little Ron, yeah, yeah, little Ron. It was like, yeah, he does look like Moose. And I hated that name. I was like, man, I stop calling me Moose. And then it just everybody start calling me Moose. Where like, you know what I'm saying? And it's funny now that a name I hated when we were playing is now what I get money by, you know, so. And it's known, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Hey, hey talk about the character that you turn into, because this character that's sitting right here is cool. He's calm. He's collected. He's just chilling. He got the dog licking him in his face and all that kind of stuff. But when Moose step into the arena, who, who is Moose and what kind of character is Moose? The way I explain my character moves is pretty much Mike Tyson in his prime. 
just okay. a dude who just wants to hurt people. Like, <laughs> just he just want to hurt people. It ain't about the money. It, it ain't about like. It's funny because all my characters I I I have came up with as a wrestler has been through boxing because I'm a big boxing fan. Yeah. And the character I had a year ago before this character was pretty much Money Mayweather, like flashy guy, like yeah. he likes winning, but he's more about his money and his paper, and like yeah. he he wears the lavish clothes and he <laughs> you know what I'm saying he yeah. drives the best cars and. But then I, I had this feud with a, a buddy of mine named EC3, and he he changed me to this killer who is kind of like a Mike Tyson who just comes to the ring with a towel on his head and just want to hurt people. Like, And that's what pretty much Moose is now, just oh, one of, a guy who just wants to hurt people. That's pretty crazy because uh, yeah. the fact that you can flip that switch like that and become somebody else uh, and then entertain people – I think it's pretty cool. Now, the other part about that, you said is like the fashion, but like coming to the ring, like I've seen some of the robes you wear. I've seen some of the extravagant ones you got. What's it like to design those and to see it come to life and people go crazy when they see you? Uh, it's just the same, same thing like when we were in the league and we had like our little suit of tailors or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's tailors for wrestling and Usually, I'm not even the one who designed my own thing. Like, I have a lady, and I'll be like, hey, what do you think we should do for this pay-per-view? Yeah. And she'll give me uh, her idea, and I just go with it because she knows better about fashion than I do. <laughs> but I, the only thing, I always pick my colors to make it black and gold. So I tell her she knows what my colors is, so everything she makes for me will be black and gold, you know? Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Hey, man, what's it like? Because this year when I was calling games for college football and – had a time there were no fans in there. It was hard to get your rhythm and your juice going. What's it been like to have to put on a show when half the time it ain't been full arenas or it been no fans? How do you find a way to get the juice you need when you're trying to get ready for a big time fight when there's no fans watching or nobody in the arena, but you got to find your own juice? How do you it, find that? It's hard. When, when I, the way I explain it, it's kind of like doing a workout that you don't want to do. Like, you know those <laughs> days you weren't wake up and you're like, damn, I got to go to the gym, but I don't feel like doing it. But I know I need to do it, yeah. so I'm going to do it anyway. That's what wrestling in front of no fans is. It's like that workout that you know you have to do, but right. you don't want to. There's no adrenaline. Or never right. I look at it, too, it's like kind of like going to work out and you leave your headphones at home. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, damn, I left my headphones at home. <laughs> now you're in trouble. Yeah, now you're in trouble. Now, now that workout's came. That's what. That's 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 the exact same feeling with wrestling with no fans. It's like there's no there's no momentum. There's no adrenaline. And you just have to do it. Man, I saw where uh, you had lost your first match. It was in May 16th at Global. You lost it to Cedric Alexander. What was it like when you you, you lost your first match? Because you had a, a win streak going there for a minute. Was that something that hey? It just had to happen. You had to get over. You had to, you know, deal with it. What was that like? Because everybody got to go through some stuff like that. I mean, character-wise, obviously, the character Moose is pissed off because right, right. because um, he's undefeated. And, like, he, he, there you go losing your first match. But, like, me as a person, it's all storyline. So, like, right. sometimes you go to work, they tell you what you got to do that day. You might not like it, but you know it's it's kind of like a like a um soap opera on TV where yeah. sometimes you watch it and you don't like what the story is going but you know it's going 
somehow is going to turn in your favor at right. a, in in the next season or whatever. And that's what all wrestling is. Like some days I get do the script, ever have a, I might not like. But do you ever have a chance to have some kind of influence in the script and, you know, yeah, what that match sure, looks like? like? Yeah, for sure. Like it's been times where I go to work and they'd be like, we want you, you, you have this match and this guy's beating you this way. And I'll tell them, I'll, and I'll be honest, I'll be like, hey, I don't think a guy my stature should lose like this. I feel like I should lose <laughs> like this. And then sometimes they take your word for it, and sometimes they 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 like their way better. So it's, <laughs> it's like at the end of the day, you work for them. So whatever they want right. is what's going to happen. But like it's it, it's come down now because I have experience and I'm I'm now a veteran in the wrestling world where like they'll take my input into how we want to do things. Not, I mean, not all the time, but they will, they will usually listen to what I have to say when it comes with my character, you know. Talk, talk to me about the actual uh, confrontation inside the ring. What is that like? Because I know a lot of people look at it and they have their different opinions on it and all that kind of stuff. What's it like from your point of view as far as the physicality part of it, the stuff you guys have to practice and prepare for? What's it like to have that choreographed, all that kind of stuff into a fight? Um, it's, it's like, I'm so experienced, I'm so experienced now that like a lot of times we don't even court, we don't, we don't, we just talk about what we're going to do. We don't go in the ring and practice right. it. Right. Like we just talk about it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it ain't like football where you have to study a play and like practice <laughs> a play over and over and over and over yeah. again. Like usually I'm wrestling with guys who, who've wrestled longer, longer than me or at the same, same time as me. Well, we could have a conversation like we are right now and just plan a match without having to go practice yeah. the match. You know what I'm saying? Now, like, yeah. there's sometimes, like, if we're going to practice a cool move that we need the exact timing to do it, like, when it goes, when they go live bullets, we'll go out there, like, an hour before the show starts and practice it. But that's mm -hmm. once in a while that that happens. Yeah. What's it like, man, to have more fans now than you did when you ever played ball. Cause I mean, you got a following now. I mean, you got a, you got a, like a cult following behind you now that people want to watch you. They want to know everything you got going on. They want to know what you're eating. They want to know how you're working out. What's it like to have that following now and to be a thoroughbred superstar in wrestling right now? It, it, it's not as good as you think it is, bro. Because like yeah. you're with so with the, with social media fans, feel like they could disrespect you a lot of times and you can't you can't say obviously you can't say nothing back because then you're the bad guy you know what i'm yeah, saying no doubt, um so no it's, it's it's not as good as you think I, I wish like i know it's hard not having fans because i'm a wrestler now but like i kind of preferred it when i was a lineman and nobody really the only pe people that cared about was you guys the quarterback <laughs> and the running back like and the lineman, but now yeah. it's different. Where like I'm in the limelight, so I got to be careful with things that I say and with things that I do. So I, honestly, I don't even respond to fans, like yeah. because that, that that's the best way to treat them. Just don't, don't, don't take, don't be joyful when they praise you, and don't be sad when they dish you. Just don't right. respond. You talked about uh, having you know heroes and people you watch like Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. Uh, What's the end goal for Moose, man? What 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 would he ultimately like to be uh, in this wrestling game uh, when it all said and done? Um, 
honestly, my end goal is to work for the biggest company out there. You know what I'm saying? And I've had chances to work for them. It's just, um, how do I say this? Uh, we just didn't agree on a, a few things. So, I mean, but the end goal is definitely to, to work for the biggest company out there. And we'll see what happens. My, my deal with Impact is coming up here this summer, and we'll see what happens. Man, that's what's up, man. You've had a, a story career already in the wrestling world, man. It's been cool to see you uh, transform and become moose uh, that we always knew uh, back in the day. Uh, but uh, it's cool to see you, man. Uh, obviously, you got a lot going on, man. Tell the people where they can follow you. Tell the people how they can uh, get in touch with you, even if you ain't going to respond to them, but still, they can follow you. My Twitter is the Moose Nation, and my Instagram is Moose Nation sixty nine. See, that man got a Moose Nation. He got a Moose yeah. Nation, people. Follow my dude, man. Cute man. It's been fun catching up with you. Been a minute since I got a chance to chop it up, but glad to see you doing good, man. Before I let you go, man, talk about your family, man. I always let people know uh, how how well guys are doing. The family. You talked about your wife a little bit, but talk about your family. How everybody's doing. Uh, families, my wife is doing great. King is 11 years old. Um, and him and his little brother might be coming here next weekend. Um, and, and that's another thing. Me and my me and my ex-wife, Ebony, we have a great relationship. Um, me, him and his little brother um, mm. are going to come here. I'm gonna, me and my wife going to be looking after him nice. for a weekend at, at least. But, I mean, family is great. Like, I, I can't be happier right now. Yeah, when's the next match, man? When's the next time people may get a chance to check you out? Um, I have a big champ uh championship match um uh, March 14th. Okay. Um is a special is a pay-per-view special. It's a watch you have to get the Impact Plus app. Okay. And it's called Sacrifice. All right, there it is, my dude. Coming up, you're going against uh Rich. Is that right? Rich? Yeah, Rich, Rich is gonna Swan. be Rich Swan, yeah. okay. I'm, I'm, I got I got money on my dog, Moose, man. So I'm riding with right. my dog, man. All right, Moose, man. We appreciate you joining the show here on Triple Threat Pod. Been cool to catch up with you. I'll make sure y'all check him out. He's doing some great things, man, and always been a good dude, man. So, Quinn, appreciate you, bro. And uh, stay safe in that uh, ring, Moose. Brother. All right, man. Holla. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.